listen, are you guys ready for the word today? Amen. Awesome. Well, listen, we are going to open up our Bibles today to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. And uh, the title of today's message is One-Sided Headlines. One-Sided Headlines. Now, listen, I'm not sure about you, but uh, everywhere that I've looked at on the TV, on my phone, wherever I've, I've looked at, no matter where you go, right now, headlines are dominating everything. I mean, whether it's the election, whether it's COVID-related or anything in between that, I mean, it's headlines, headlines, headlines. Am I right? I mean, pretty much everywhere. I mean, everywhere we look. And it has dominated, you know, pretty much everything. Uh, you know, media uh, has pretty much uh, found a way in our life in some way, form, or fashion. Whether it be through the TV, through our phone, our apps, uh, whatever it may be, uh, headlines are what we see. Um, news outlets, social media platforms, uh, commercial ads, are doing their best to sell what it is that they want us to believe. Um, we are constantly bombarded in this society. We live in a, uh, in a very um, stra- distracted and stimulated society where uh, everywhere we look, media is pretty much at a hand's tip. And so we're used to, especially me, you know, I'm about ADD, HD, A through Z, whatever you can find. That's about me. So I'm distracted at all, the, you know, at all times. Anything can catch my, what was that? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So, uh, you know, that's, that's me. And, uh, you know, headlines catch me whenever they're good. And listen, headlines have, people have gotten really good and really creative with using headlines. And so, you know, I thought I'd take, you know, uh, you know I, I, I took the pleasure of writing down some of this week's headlines. And so uh, I'm sure that you're very familiar with them. Uh, so here are some of this week's headlines. COVID numbers are on the rise. Electoral votes under investigation. COVID-19 vaccine on its way. What we're hoping for. 15 countries sign world largest trade deal. South Florida badly flooded by Hurricane Etta. Darkest days of pandemic are yet ahead. Pretty gloomy so far. Woman leaves many baffled for cooking steak and toaster. (laughs) What are they thinking? (laughs) Jeff, I don't, I don't know if you've ever done that before, but I don't think that works, man. I, I don't know how long you got to do that, but hey, it was a headline. I'm just saying. Climate change making parts of the U.S. uninhabitable. Hurricanes are lasting longer and staying stronger on land. Mass killings in Ethiopia. Again, not looking too good on these news outlets. Lake Tahoe grizzly bear released after being arrested for stealing groceries. Huh? (laughs) Listen, I'm just, this is what dominates the headlines. (laughs) Okay, maybe not the grizzly bear, but, uh, but it is a real story. You'll have to Google it sometime. But these are the headlines that dominate the news outlets. This is what we hear over and over and over and over again. And you know, 
the truth about headlines, and this is something that is common amongst all of them. One thing that headlines all have in common is that they are very one-sided. I've come to learn this, you know, as I've come, you know, as I've gotten older and, and, and got to uh, learn more about uh, news and more about politics and things about, you know, things of this nature. But in, in preparing for this message, I wanted to know a little bit more about journalists and how they come up with headlines. So, um, you know, I, I went, you know, went to a few websites and these are some of the things I learned about headlines. Here's one. Here's a fact. Headlines are used to grab our attention, right? That's the whole point, is they want to pull us away and get us to focus on what it is that they want us to read, the story that they're wanting us to understand. The purpose is to get us to click that link. They want us to read their article and read their story or to purchase their product, but they want to get, us, they want to get our attention focus away from all the other distractions and, and, to, and, to, and, to, and to dial in on their story. Another fact that I found is that headlines always have an agenda. They always have an agenda behind them. If they can get us to click through and to click on their story, then they know that they have a shot to sell us on what it is that they would like us to know. They want us to click in so they can sell us on, what they, on the story that they believe and in the, in, in, in the story that they are selling. And then, a third, and then a third fact about headlines is that they never truly ever tell the whole story. Headlines want to entice us, and so they don't put the whole story in that headline because they want to give us just a little bit. They want to give us just to entice us just enough so that we will say, huh, let me click on that. Let me see what that's about. A grizzly bear arrested for stealing groceries. That sounds pretty interesting. You know? They're really, the, the whole point, they never tell the whole story because there's only one side of the story that they want to sell. Now, this is very familiar, of course, for us. Maybe you've already knew these things. Uh, maybe, you know, uh, I, I'm just now learning these things. I, you know, whatever it may be. But one thing that we know and one thing that is very, fam very familiar to us is that this is the same pattern. This looks a lot like the schemes that the devil uses to work in our life. He uses headlines to highlight specific moments and specific areas in our life. He wants to isolate those specific things in our life so that we will only focus on that part. He will put a big banner, a big highlight, say, hey, check this out. Hey, I want you to take a look at this. He'll highlight it and he won't tell us the whole story. And this is the same thing he did with Adam and Eve. So let's go ahead. Let's look in Genesis chapter three real fast, okay? Genesis chapter three, we're gonna start in verse one. All right, here we go. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals and that the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat fruit, eat the fruit from, the, from any of the trees in the garden? Verse two, well, of course, we may eat fruit from, any of the, or from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. 
God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. Verse four, you won't die. The serpent replied to the woman, God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. Verse six, this is interesting. This is what it says. Eve, the woman, was convinced. He got her. She was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and it was and its fruit looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. And then she gave to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. Wow. He got her. He sold her. He put up that headline and man, he made it sound so good. Oh man, he made that fruit sound so good. He made it sound like, he made it sound a whole lot better than the way God made it sound like. I mean, I'm not gonna die and I can be like God. I mean, man, that sounds pretty good. You know what? It made it a lot easier for her to take a few more steps toward that tree. It made it a whole lot easier for her to reach out and take that fruit and pull it off the tree and made it a whole lot easier for her to take a bite out of that fruit called sin. But of course, the devil wasn't going to tell her everything else. He wasn't going to tell her what would happen after, after she bit that fruit. He wasn't going to tell her that they were going to, she she was going to consequently be eternally separated from God at that moment. He wasn't going to tell her that at this point it was going to cause a lot of misery and a lot of hardship in her life. He was not going to tell her that. He was just going to focus on the headline. That's what the devil does. And he's very good at it. He won't tell us everything. He will leave out all the other details because he never tells the whole story. You see, the devil uses headlines to divert our focus away from the truth and onto the story that he wants us to believe. He uses headlines to divert our focus away from the truth. And, to, and, and onto the story that he wants us to believe. This is what 2 Corinthians chapter 11 says about Eve. Verse 3, I am afraid, however, that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, that your minds may be led astray from, from the simple and pure devotion of Christ. This is what he does. He looks to deceive and to lead us astray. He wants to lead us astray by devoting or by diverting our attention. The devil uses facts without ever really telling the truth. He told Eve, you won't die. In which, of course, she didn't die. But of course, that wasn't what God was really talking about. She would eventually die, but he was referring to a spiritual death. But of course, the devil wasn't going to say that because he never tells the truth. John chapter 8, verse 44 says, There is no truth in him because he is a liar, the father of lies. He is incapable of telling the truth because that is just who he is. He will never sell us anything that is ever going to line up with God's purpose for our life. And also, the devil never tells the whole story, he only wants us to see one. He only wants us to focus on that one area 
He wants to get us to continue to think and meditate about how bad things are going. He wants us to meditate on the things that are not going right for us. And so that we can only focus and imagine that that is our life. This is who we are. But he won't tell us about all the things that God has done for us. He won't tell us about all the goodness that he has done in our life. He won't tell us that God still has a plan no matter what we're going through at the moment. He only wants us to see that part because he wants us to buy what he's selling. I want to shift our focus to somebody in the Bible who had a lot of headlines in his life. His name is Joseph. And if you know the story, you know that he went through a lot of things. And I I just want to share some of the headlines that I'm sure the devil wanted to, to sell to him and to everybody else around him. You see, Joseph was hated by his brothers. Joseph was sold into slavery. Joseph was accused of rape. Joseph was thrown into prison. And if that wasn't enough, Joseph was forgotten in a lonely pit. Man, that sounds depressing. (laughs) That is pretty out there. That is rough. That is a rough life. But of course, that is the story that the devil, I'm sure he wanted Joseph to believe. That is the only thing he wanted him to see. But We know when we read Joseph's story that that is not the story that we read. We see a little bit of what happened in his life, but the truth and what really happened, God's plan for his life is much bigger. You see, the truth is that Joseph was loved dearly by his father. He was loved dearly by his father. He was favored by God so much so that he became the overseer in Potiphar's house oversaw everything that belonged to him. Joseph was a man of integrity, wrongly accused and innocent of wrongdoing. That's who he was. Joseph, even though he was in prison, he learned to thrive in unfavorable situations. So much so that it led to the point where even though he was left in a pit, He was elevated to the highest position under Pharaoh. And he was able to provide good news to all people who were in need. That is amazing. You see, what he went through, he went through all of those things. But what the devil was using to harm him and to hold him down, God took those very things and prepared him for his, for, uh, for his day of purpose that God had planned for him. God was using all of those things all along, using them and setting him up for the day that, he, or, or that God was going to use him. And you know, he wasn't just waiting for that day. Wherever he was at, he allowed God to use him right where he was at. He stepped up and he did not allow whatever headline that the devil was selling him to pull him down and to leave him down and out. He was still going to allow God to use him all the way to the point where he became ruler in Egypt and provided good news to everybody who were in need. That was God's plan for his life. That Joseph didn't sound like a man who was believing the one-sided lies that the devil was selling him. You see, Joseph didn't listen to what the devil was telling him. Instead, he believed what God had promised him. Joseph wasn't listening to what the devil was selling him, what the devil was trying to feed him. 
He knew what God told him, and he was going to believe what God had promised him. And he held on to those promises. And you know what? God turned good on him. And he does in our life as well. Amen? Amen. Just like Joseph, we should refuse to listen to the lies that, the, uh, that Satan is telling us and choose to believe what God is promising us. His promises are yes and amen, and he does not turn back on them. Even when, we, even when it seems like we're alone in a pit and it seems like God is nowhere to be found, he is right there because he says that he will never leave us and he will never, ever, ever, ever forsake us. That is his promise to us. You see, regardless of all the pits that, he, uh, that Joseph went in his life, he had the clarity and he had the ability to say this truth. In Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, it says this, As for you, what you intended against me for evil, God intended for good in order to accomplish a day like this, to preserve the lives of many people. You see, what the devil meant for harm, God used for good. And it ultimately prepared him for his purpose to reach the world with good news so that many could be saved. That sounds so familiar of what God is doing in our life today. He is setting us up. All the things that the devil is trying to use to tear us down, he's taking that very thing and saying, watch this, watch what I'm going to do. I know it's hard right now, but let me set you up because there's a better day coming. I got you, okay? And his promises are yes and amen. He is setting us up for his purpose. And his purpose is simply to bring people to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, just like you and I have, amen? That's his plan and that's his purpose. Romans 8, 28, and we know that God works all things together for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. That is God's promise to us. He is working all things together for those who love him according to his purpose. So whatever you're going through today, I want to encourage you that that is not where it's going to end up. If it's hard, let me tell you that God is with you right there in the middle of, uh, right in the middle of it, right in the thick of it. God's not going to leave you. God's not going to forsake you, but God's going to take that very situation and he's going to turn it into his promise because that is what he does. Amen. So what is the truth? The truth is that you get to choose the headlines to believe. We get to choose the headlines that we are going to believe in our life. We don't have to settle for the lies that the devil wants to sell us. We don't have to settle for the headlines that he is wanting for us to focus on. He wants us just to see that one area of our life. But the truth is that there is so much more that God has for us. So much more that he has and that he is doing in our life. Instead, we should activate our faith in God's word and begin to speak the truth in our life, that we are more than a conqueror in Christ. God knows the plan that he has for us. God is working all things together for the good of those who love him. And when we, when we speak the truth in our life, we are declaring the word of God and speaking it into existence, into our life. But we can believe, we have the choice to believe what headlines we are going to believe. Secondly, 
You may not get to write the story, but you do get to choose the headline. We may not be able to change or to choose what we're going to go through. We may not be able to change what has happened. We can't go back and change the things in the past. We cannot do anything to choose what's going to happen to us this year, next year, or the year after that. But we can choose to decide what we're going to hang up as a banner of our life. That we can decide to choose God's promise for our life rather than choosing what the devil is selling us. Amen? I love what Pastor Ron says. This is one of my favorite sayings that he says. And every time he says it, I, I, I always just, you know, there's always one of these things that I always forget. And so I, I made sure to get it right today. You see, when it comes to letting go of the past, he says this. He says, in order to let go of the past, it means to don't curse it, don't nurse it, don't rehearse it, and God will reverse it. Don't curse it. Don't continue to talk about the past. Don't nurse it. Don't continue to, to nurse the, the, the emotions and the feelings, the bitterness and unforgiveness. Don't continue to play it. Don't rehearse it. Don't continue to replay it in our minds. And if we can offer that to God and not do those things, God promises that he will reverse that in our life. We don't get to write the story where we do get to choose the headline that we are going to live our life with. Amen? We can embrace God's present and his future promises that he has for us today. And thirdly, use the word of God to redefine one-sided headlines in your life. Romans 12, 2, do not be conformed to, the, to, the, to this world, or be, or, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what, it, what, his, what the good what, what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God? The Word of God is our lamp to our feet, the light to our path. And we speak the Word of God in faith into our life. We, can, we, allow, the, we allow the Word of God to have the final say in our life and not the devil. So let's look at our takeaways. What is, what is our takeaways from today? What, what can we do to shift and to change headlines that want to appear in our life? Well, number one is to identify the lie. Let's identify the things that the devil is feeding us. Identify what that is. The Bible tells us to be watchful and to be, and to be on alert and be careful because we know that the devil is looking for an opportunity. But we have to be careful what we allow ourselves to think about. We have to be careful about what we allow to control our thinking. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 says, says to take captive every thought and to make it obedient to Christ. We can't allow thoughts to run rampant in our minds, but we have to take them hold, take hold of them and, and not allow them to dictate what we are going to say, what we are going to do, what we're going to believe. But right then and there, when we see it and we hear it and we recognize that it's not God, right there, we take it captive and say, no, I'm, this is not what I'm going to believe. This is not what I'm going to do. This is not what I'm going to say. This is not who I am. And we take it captive and we submit it to God's word, which leads us to our second takeaway, declare the truth. Identify the lie, but then we then declare the truth. Declarations are powerful. 
When we begin to declare and say the word of God and speak the word of God in place, we are telling what our, we are telling what we are telling ourselves what we are going to believe. We are telling ourselves and reminding ourselves of God's promises. We declare the word of God in faith over our life. The word of God is living and it is active. And when we speak the word of God, it is speaking life in our situation. And then number three, repeat it continually. Repeat it continually. The word of God tells us to meditate on his word. Joshua chapter one, verse eight says, this book of the law must not depart from your mouth, but meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. For then you will prosper and succeed in all that you do. You see, that word meditate doesn't only mean to just think, but that word meditate in Hebrew means to murmur or to speak to oneself, to speak to yourself. Uh, when we meditate on God's word, we not are only uh, putting it in our minds and putting it in our hearts, but we're also speaking it in faith, speaking it over our situation, speaking it to ourself. And that word of God becomes a memory verse that we can remember and we can recite in our time whenever we know that we need it. The truth is that what we think about the most is what consumes us the most. What you think about the most is what consumes you the most. And so when we, when we choose to meditate and to think on the word of God and speak it over our life, we are allowing the word of God to control our thoughts. We're allowing the word of God to control our emotions. And we can choose to meditate and choose to think about the word of God to allow it to consume us. Amen? So let's allow the word of God to consume us and, and by continuing to meditate on his promises. And lastly... While the devil uses headlines to distract us and, and mislead us from God's plan for our life, we use the word of God to expose his schemes and embrace God's promise for our life. Listen, God has a plan. He always has a plan. He's, his promises. You know, um, I believe I'm a good dad. I think I'm a pretty good dad. I work really hard at being a good dad. But you know, Sometimes I do my best to keep my promises, but sometimes, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, I forget to go to the snow cone stand or I forget that they're already closed because it's supposed to be wintertime, <laughs> right? You know, sometimes I forget my promises, but aren't you so glad that God is a perfect father? We can rely and trust that he is never going to back out of his promises because that is who he is. When he promises something, it's yes and amen. We can put our faith and our full trust in God because we know that even when it's hard, he is with us and he is not going to leave us and he will never forsake us. Amen? Amen, amen. amen. Let's, give our, let, let's, let's just uh, give it up for God because that is who he is. He is worthy of our praise. Amen. Amen.